0: Welcome to Bold Faith with Courage Molina, a place where you get empowered and equipped to be who God has called you to be, do what God has called you to do, and go after everything he said you can have without hesitation or apology. Let's go. All right, let's get into this week's sermon. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. I am so excited that you're here. Welcome. I am Pastor Courage Molina, and I'd love to welcome you to Bold Faith Community Church. As you are coming in, be sure to drop in the chat where you are tuning in from. Bold Faith Community Church is a virtual church, and our mission is really simple, but it's super powerful. It is to share the good news about Christ And to guide you in studying the Bible for transformation so that you can experience the goodness of God in every area of your life. It is our aim here that every Christian and every household would be equipped to rightly interpret the word of God, right? Rightly interpret it and empowered to apply it in all seasons of life so if you are about growing your faith and understanding the bible so that you can hear the word of god then you have come to the right place now i do have a couple of announcements for us i say a couple but maybe just one um Listen, if you're trying to figure out how can you be a part of this church? How can I join this church? What does it mean to be a member of a virtual church? Well, I can tell you. First, it's it's super easy. One, you're showing up you're coming to church on Saturday, you're live in the chat. And if you are watching the replay because this time doesn't work for you, then you are still live in the chat. We will engage with you throughout the week for those of you who are making comments, right? So that's one thing, you're coming to church regularly. The other thing is you are taking time during the week to study what we're studying. You are studying along with us. That is so important here because we want to build a community of women who can count on one another, who can lean to one another. And that only works if we're all getting in the word for ourselves. So members are studying the Book of Romans right now because it is what the church is studying. They're studying that along with us. You can also serve here. You can go to boldfaithchurch.org and find out how you can get involved in serving here Yes, there are serving opportunities, um, even though we're a virtual church. And last but certainly not least, this is a place where you give your tithes and offering if this is your home. You can go to boldfaithchurch.org again and set up reoccurring giving for tithing, or continue to give a one-time donation or however you want to do it. But you can set all of that up through boldfaithchurch.org. I didn't used to say this, but I'm going to add this on. If this is your home, you're inviting people to because we are hospitable. So we are inviting folks to join us here on Saturday morning 8 a.m. EST. We're also here Monday through Friday with Mornings and the Word. We are reading through the chronological Bible reading plan, and you can just hop right in. It's a good way for you to get more familiar with the Word of God, just being in it on a regular basis. So it's a great place for you to go. All right. I think, oh no, I got another announcement. So I'm doing a, um, A mastermind course on Monday. So many of you have known me as a coach before you knew me as a pastor. And the greatest thing about my life, honestly, is that I love my life. I got a lot going on, lots of crazy things, things I never would have imagined. Things I never would have imagined I'm experiencing in this season of my life, but the truth is I still love my life because my hope is in God, right? And so I often get the question, how did I get here? How did I go from a woman who was completely depressed um suicidal to hated my life to woman who act like i absolutely love my life and (laughs) have great friends and great confidence and all those things how did i get here well this class is going to tell you how i'm not going to gatekeep i'm going to tell you every single thing yes there's going to be an offer but y'all already know what the offer is it's the same offer i have all the time it's courage discipleship 2024 Um, That hasn't changed. It's going to open enrollment on the same day. But as far as you having the the keys that you need to live out courageously, um, this is called woman's guide, the called individual. If you are called, this is your guide for overcoming. And I'm going to give you every single thing that has worked for me. I'm going to tell you what to do, why you need to do it. And I'm going to tell you step by step how to do it. It is at 6 p.m. On Monday, um, EST, you can go to bit.ly slash Courageous Living 23, bit.ly slash Courageous Living 23, and signed up. I'll send all the details completely free. I'm going to give you everything that you need. I know somebody's like, hmm, sounds like there's going to be an offer. There is. And again, it's going to be Courageous Discipleship. That's not a secret. I do this. Every, we do that every year. That's not, that's not new news. It's not a secret. So, um, yeah just so you know. Okay, I think that's it for the announcements. Okay, we are going to be reading, we're just going to go over one verse today. I think today's going to be a little shorter. And the reason it's going to be shorter is because I'm only going to do one verse. This is, we just got to slow it down, it seems like, for Romans, because there's so much. And I feel like I'm always running through it. I want to be able to take my time a little bit. I also want you to be able to watch this multiple times. I want you to be able to watch it again if you need to, take notes. This is definitely a note taking situation. So go ahead and get your pen, your paper, and your notebook out, get out your Bible. I'm going to be reading Romans 1, chapter 16 um, from the NIV here in just a minute. I'll do a little background first. So, yeah, go ahead. You can get that all together. Now, what's the background? Well, this is, in case you're brand new, in case this is your first week, the book of Romans is a letter. This is Paul, the apostle, the one whose name used to be Saul, who was transformed, who had this radical encounter with Christ on the road to Damascus, got knocked him off his high horse. This is the one that was blind. Do you all remember this? Yes? He's the one who's writing this letter. He's a church planner. He's been planning churches and going to visit churches and teaching them and staying there with them but he hasn't had the opportunity to get to rome yet. he's wanted to go there he heard about them but there's this church in rome now the roman church did not have an apostolic start because um there wasn't an apostle that went there so when i say didn't have an apostolic start all that really means is that none of the apostles um paul peter none of them went and started this church that's what i mean when i say it did not have an apostolic start how did it get started then how did this church get started because the jews were in jerusalem for passover they heard the sermon by peter uh they experienced pentecost and when they came back to rome when they returned back to their homes they brought the good news with them and so they started the church and so that's who they are and and paul hasn't had a chance to go visit them yet and so he wants to that's what this letter is about so paul writes this letter to the roman church He hasn't been able to visit them. He wants them to know that he's been praying for them, that he's heard about their faith all over the world, not really all over the world, but it's being spoken about all over the Roman Empire. And so he's telling them that he wants to meet with them. He wants to come and he expects that his visit will be for their mutual encouragement, that he will be encouraged by them and that um, he will be able to encourage them as well. The letter is written to encourage them um, to continue doing what they're doing and to unified them under the gospel. And so then that brings us to verse 16. Romans chapter 1, verse 16, um, NIV. I feel like I'm not close enough, all right For I am not ashamed of the gospel, but it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew, then to the Gentile. Amen. I know it's super short, super short. So let's think about this for a second. What is the verse really saying? The verse is saying that Paul is eager. We know he's eager because he said so in the verse I had. Give. Verse 15, if we go to that, um, that is why I'm so eager to preach the gospel also to you who are in Rome. Then we go to verse 16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel because because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew than to the Gentile. So we know that Paul is saying that he's eager. Paul is eager to preach the gospel because he is not ashamed of it. He's saying in this verse, he's not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that makes salvation possible to everyone that believes. The gospel, he continues, was first sent historically, chronologically, divinely to the Jews first. And then after being presented to the Jews, it was presented as always planned to all nations, right? So the first question that I have for the text is, um, why, why, like, what does it mean to be ashamed? For I am not ashamed of the gospel. What does it mean to be ashamed of the gospel and why is he saying it? Why is he even bringing up the word ashamed? What is that about? That is my very first question for the text. And so we start with the word ashamed. What does it mean to be ashamed? this word ashamed in the greek is epit um epithunami suna, epithunami something like that i actually practiced still butchered it epithunami epithunami there it is epithunami look at me i'm so proud goes it so that's the word in greek right and So what does that word mean ashamed to view it dubiously doubtfully to view something, right? So he's saying, I don't feel this way about the gospel to view it dubiously doubtfully with uncertainty as to its fruitfulness or embarrassed regarding its content. Thinking about what it means to be ashamed, still wanting to know, like, why is he even mentioning this? When you think about ashamed, There are two types, right? I want you to consider this two types of feeling ashamed. One that they're considering here is Hebraic. And so in that culture, the Hebrew culture, when you talked about being ashamed, because it's used several times in the scripture. If you look up this specific Greek word, you can see it repeated over and over and over. So then it's like, okay, we kind of getting what it means. But in the Hebrew, in the Hebraic culture, ashamed is the thing that you would be ashamed of is something that could be seen, right? You've brought shame on your family. What does that mean that you've brought shame on your family? It means that you did something that people could see. And now you are like, because of what people saw you do, they are, there is this shame that you've brought on your family, right? It's an external Think It's an outward shame. It's this idea like we all live in glass houses so everybody can see everything that you're doing. And so this sense of shame um, from the Hebrew culture is one that comes from an external place really, right? It's something that can be seen. It involves the opinions of others. That's not the shame that we're talking about. The shame that we're talking about here is more the Greek philosophy of shame. It's an inner psychological condition, right? It's your own thoughts, your own feelings about the thoughts of others, right? Um, Regardless of the thoughts of others, it's your own thoughts, regardless of the thoughts of others, right? Whatever this thing is that you have this shame about, cannot necessarily be seen by others. So this, for I am not ashamed of the gospel. Paul is saying, I don't feel away, I don't I don't have any embarrassment. Right? I I don't Feel bad about what I believe. I'm not walking around um, condemning myself, thinking about this thing that I believe that even if I didn't share it, even if I didn't say anything, you know, people wouldn't necessarily know that I believe this, but I'm eager to teach it and preach it because I'm not ashamed of it. I don't have this again, reveals Paul's own mindset about what he believes in. It's not anything to be ashamed of. But I still wondered, you know, why is he saying this word um, for I am not ashamed of the gospel? Why is he saying that? Are other people ashamed of the gospel? I want to know, is that shade? Is Paul from Shade here? Why be ashamed? Why would anybody be ashamed of the gospel? Just at first glance didn't make sense. Well, if we think about the gospel, we're really going to get into it. But if you think about the gospel, um, the gospel is about this. Guy from a little town of Nazareth, like, y'all read that, was like, does anything good come from Nazareth? It's about this guy from a small, nothing town who came, who didn't take over. He did not um, increase his ranking or his standing in society. He walked around with people who were um, looked down upon in society. He was then killed, you know, by the Jews, by the Roman hand, like all these things. That's not really necessarily something that you would want to align yourself with, especially from Paul's case. Now, when you think about Jesus and the disciples that he chose, they were already like truthfully, right? Not the most high ranking people. If you think about the people that came around him that, you know, changed their lives and left what they were doing to follow him and made themselves disciples after him. If you think about those people, you have um, Mary Magdalene, who was a prostitute who had like seven demons out of her and just um, Matthew, who was a tax collector. Then you have Peter, who wasn't that good at fishing yet. You know what I'm saying? He didn't seem to be that successful. Also seemed to have a little bit of an angry streak, a little rage, maybe. Might maybe been a little bit on the violent side, possibly. You know what I'm saying? These are the people that, you know, God was around, that Jesus was around. And so... I could see why those people, you could see why those people might jump at a chance to increase their status, right? Like I could, you could see that. Maybe they believed he was himself like, oh, you can see that. But Paul is high ranking, high educated, right? And so for him to choose to be associated with something that most of society at that time still felt like was beneath that ranking, Jesus was not a Roman citizen. That's not that hot. He didn't have any political clout. That's not that hot. For somebody who's got this high ranking to want to associate themselves with Jesus could could make somebody embarrassed, could make someone ashamed. I'm this high ranking official and I'm following behind the life and leadership, the life and the teachings. I'm modeling my life after the teachings of someone like that. You gotta look at it from a worldly view, right? Why would somebody be ashamed of the gospel? The other thing is, following the gospel is problematic. They called it the way at the time. It was problematic. People were being persecuted. People were being isolated from their family, from their friends. We're talking longtime Jews. Now I'm no longer Jew. I'm still Jewish, but now I'm no longer following the way that you think I should do it. I've come to know Christ and I'm following this new way. That isolated people from their family. Even if you think about the pagans who decided to become Christian, they still had a belief system. They had a family who lived a certain way. There was a culture that they were a part of that lived a certain way. And so to turn away from that way of living, to follow the gospel is something that somebody might be a little bit about, embarrassed about. I might not want to tell you about it. And not to mention when you think about the content, because that was another thing, right? Ashamed to view it dubiously, doubtfully with uncertainty. As to its fruitfulness. Right. Ashamed. I don't know if it works. I kind of feel some type of way about it. I'm not sure if it works. I'm not even sure if there is this, if it is successful, if there's going to be any fruit that comes from it. Right. Or embarrassed regarding its content. The content of the gospel could be seen as. foolish right the content of the gospel is certainly looked at in certain circles as foolish and it is foolishness to those who are perishing the bible says that the gospel is foolishness to those who are perishing so anybody who hasn't accepted christ they're all looking at you like you're crazy because what you're saying has happened the likeliness that it did happen and the fact that you believe it you seem foolish but to those being saved it is the power of God so now it makes sense why he would say I'm not ashamed because there might be a little bit of a flesh thing going on right like well maybe he he knows that people are saying things about him he knows that people are saying things about this gospel so then that brings me to the next thing what does okay so what is this gospel for I am not ashamed I'm not concerned about what it looks like um, I understand why other people would be ashamed, but I'm eager to preach this because I don't feel that way. I'm certain, which implies to not be ashamed, implies that implies that he is not doubtful, that he is certain of its fruitfulness. He knows that the gospel has power to transform and he is not embarrassed about the content of the gospel. So then what is the content of the gospel? For I am not ashamed of the gospel. What is the gospel? Well, we know that gospel is another word for good news. That's what it. That's what the word means, good news. So what is the good news? So I'm, let, let's look at that. What is the good news? Because it doesn't seem like good news that this man died. But what is the good news? Here, let me set this up for you. And Paul's going to set this up for us all throughout Romans, but we're going to talk about it right now. You have committed a crime. It's not a question, you haven't just been charged with the crime, you have committed a crime, okay? You did it. You absolutely did it. Now you've been in this court of law, this place for justice, and you have been found guilty, rightfully so, because you actually committed the crime. And the punishment for that crime is death. So you have then been sentenced to death. I know it doesn't sound like good news. Here comes the good news. God sent his son, Jesus to take your place. Jesus has volunteered. We see in the gospel where Jesus said, my life is not taken from me. I lay it down. Jesus has volunteered to take your place he is willing to exchange his righteousness, his innocence for your sin. And although you have done the crime and the time has to be done by somebody, you don't have to do the time. You are free to go, and you are now in right standing with God. Somebody want to shout about that? Do you understand what I'm? I want you to think about that because the wages of sin is death. We're guilty. We did it. It's not a question of whether or not we committed the crime. We committed the crime. We all fall short. We have all committed the crime. Every one of us, nobody is immune. Nobody is innocent. Not even one. Okay. We've all done the crime. The good news is that there is a replacement. There is somebody else who's going to come in and do this Do this time for you. Somebody else has already done the time. And not only are you, not only do you not have to do the time, but you get off scot-free. And you're in right standing with the Father now. As if you never committed the crime. That's the gospel. Right? It is because God has imputed he has placed let me use regular words God has taken all of your sins all of your sinfulness and he has put them against Jesus of Nazareth and then God took all of Jesus's righteousness and put it on your account that's why they say he the debt has been paid because that you owed your life your life was owed you owed your life and instead of taking it right. God, there was a replacement there. There was a replacement. This is this is God justifying you. Hear people say God just this is God justifying you. And this word justifying uh, is really it's it. It really is like a legal terminology, right? Justified justice. God has taken you from injustice where you have committed sin and justified you through grace. So now you have eternal life. That's what the gospel is. And Paul continues to say, "I'm." Not, he starts with, "I'm not ashamed." the gospel, So now we know what he means when he says he's not ashamed and why somebody might be ashamed. Now we know what the contents of the gospel are. He says, because it is the power of God that brings salvation. What does that even mean? It's the power of God. It means that only God has the power to do this and exercise his power by resurrecting Jesus. Only God, it's the power of God. Nobody else can do no other thing no other person not crystals not smoke not incense not any of those things has the power to do this only god has the power and he exercised that power by resurrecting jesus from the dead this salvation this gift This stand-in, this replacement, this exchange is available to everyone who believes that it actually happened. It's available to everybody that believes that God did this. This is not that different from what we've always seen in Old Testament. People often say, oh, we don't have to listen to Old Testament because, you know, we have the New Testament and Jesus. But this is a fulfillment of Old Testament and it's the same system god's system didn't change okay so in the old testament what did they have to do for their sins there had to be a replacement a replacement had to die the difference though this is why such good news is that it wasn't for everybody it was only for the jews so everybody didn't have access system's still the same but at the time, everyone did not have access. The Jews only had access. So they had the priest and they had the tabernacle and they had the temple and all these things. And then there were certain things that had to be done, uh, doves that had to be killed and sacrificed and lambs and goats and all of these things. What were the people doing? They were taking, God was taking the sin of the people, placing it on these things, They were their replacement and the cleansing came through their death, right? Through the death of those, through the sacrifice of those things. Wasn't available to everybody and had to be done over and over and over again. Jesus comes, always plans to send Jesus. Same system, taking all of our sins, placing it on the lamb of God, sacrificing that lamb, resurrecting him we are now raised to life through Christ only God has the power to do that then he says it's first to the Jews then to the Gentiles why is he giving it to the Jews first it's certainly not because they were the most deserving it's not because they earned it it's because it was God's chosen people it's who he chose it was his selection so that the Jews would be the one that his love would be shown throughout the nation's Jews were chosen by God to show his love to the nations historically that's true chronologically that's true right that is exactly how it happened it was first given to the Jews it was given to them first in chronological order not in order of importance not to say that all the other nations were less important that's why I said chronologically yes historically if you look at the history you can see that God First chose the Jews. He chose them first chronologically. Not in order of importance. So when we say chronologically, that's what I want you to get. That the Jews were chosen first chronologically. Not in order of importance. He chose them. He divinely chose them because it was his choice. Who he wanted to choose. How he would choose them. It's about. Choosing one group first, not saying that the other groups were not good or less than or whatever. He certainly could have chosen any, but he had to choose somebody to be first. So he chose the Jews. Right. Um, You also know that salvation came from the Jews because Jesus came through the Jewish line. And then Gentiles were next in line from the beginning. This is not God calling an audible for I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone. It is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone. Not like Old Testament times, not like Israelite times where um, those sacrifices did not bring salvation, did not cleanse everyone, but only the Jews and only the Jews that were part of that. Right. No, not like that. This brings salvation to everyone who believes first to the Jew. Historically, chronologically, and because it was God's divine sovereignty to choose whom he wanted, then to the Gentile. The Gentile, that word Gentile just means all nations. This is not God calling an audible. What do I mean by that? God is not saying, well, I started with the Jews. I picked them first, but they acting up. So now what are we going to do? It's not God talking to Jesus and the Holy Spirit saying, these Jews not acting right. So now what are we going to do? It's not that So he's not calling an audible. This was foretold about over and over and over that there would be a savior that would come through all people, that Abraham would be the father of nations. Nations are people groups. So it means that Abraham couldn't have just been the father of the Jews talking about as the faith, as it relates to the faith, that he would be the father of nations. That means more than just the nation of Israel. Nations, plural. Israel is one nation, one people group. So right from the beginning, we already knew this was going to happen. Right? And so I guess then my question is, I always get to this place. Like, so what, what do we care? Right? Like, what does it matter to us? How does this impact us? We know what it's saying, right? We know what these words mean now. We know what this verse means for I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Paul is saying that he does not have any doubt or embarrassment about the gospel, this good news that Jesus and His Son, that God sent His Son, Jesus, to die for us as a replacement for us. He's not ashamed of the content, even though He knows that some might be and why people might feel away. He, the reason He's not ashamed is because it's the power of God. It is only through the power of God that this can happen and that brings salvation to everyone. Right? That it was first to the Jew. Remember, this Roman church is comprised of both. Um, Jewish converts and Gentile believers, right? So Jewish Christians and Gentile Christians. And he's saying, I have faith in this. I'm not embarrassed about it. I am not ashamed because it's the power of God. This right here is the power of God. The power of God to do what? To save. What does that even mean, though? I mean, I just feel like I always want to know that, okay, this brings salvation. What, What exactly? What is that? What does that even mean? Do y'all not think that? I think, okay, that's cool, but to save us, what does it mean to be saved? What does that mean? Like, what exactly? Like, not just what does it mean to be saved, but what does that do for me? Okay, that's cool, but why do I care? Like, what does that do for me, for my life right now? Right? There's um salvation starts the sanctification process that's the process by which we are transformed, right? You have to understand that because that explains why Paul would be so excited about it. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes his life. Paul's life has been completely transformed because of the gospel. Not just that he's been saved and that's the end of it. So now he's not going to go to hell. His life has been completely transformed and he continues to commit himself and to follow Christ. We're going to talk about that a little bit more next week because um, I want to I ask you a couple questions. And then we're going to we're going to get in our community to have conversation. Um, but next week, we're going to talk. We're really going to look at the process of salvation and righteousness but paul understands this we may not understand it because we haven't really studied it or because we haven't thought about it, or it has been taught to us or whatever but paul understands so when he's saying salvation he's not just saying oh a person's been saved as as if to imply it is a finite thing i went from being unsaved to saved no. no that's not at all what paul is saying he understands that salvation brings transformation right here's my question this is the last question every single time what does this have to do with us so now we know what it means we know what it says you know what it means what does it matter what does that's what you want to think about okay what does it say what is this verse saying what does this verse mean What does it matter? I know it seems a little flippant, but that is how we get to transformation because it leads us to application. What does this matter to us? Do a little reflecting. Ask yourself, for I'm ashamed, for I am not ashamed of the gospel. Are you ashamed of the gospel? Don't I know the first answer that we think about is yes. Uh, No, the first thing that we think about is, no, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I want to say, are you like Paul? Are you not ashamed of the gospel? Yes, I'm just like Paul. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. That's the first thing we think. Are you ashamed of the gospel? At first glance, for most Christians, it's like, no, we're not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not even necessarily talking about you sharing it, but are you ashamed of the gospel? Because there's something that keeps you from sharing it, right? Right. At first glance, I don't think that any of us would say that we're ashamed of the gospel. I think we would; most of us would say, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. When, however, you start to think about the other things that you have faith for, because you have faith in Christ Jesus as the Messiah, that's when it gets a little gray, right? What do I mean? So let's say you believe in Christ, right? We ain't Okay, so we're not ashamed of the gospel. Nobody's ashamed of the gospel. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. You're not ashamed of the gospel. Maybe you don't feel led to be out here testifying all the time, but you're not ashamed of the gospel. That's how you feel. Ooh, great. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. What are some things, process this with me right now. What are some things that you are believing God for? What are some impossible? You don't have to share them in the chat. I just want you to think about them. What are some things that you are believing God for? And there are certain people that if you told them what you believed God for, you might or if they found out what you were believing God for, you might be a little embarrassed. Or you might be a little ashamed of the fact that you believe that God can heal your body. You might feel a little foolish, a little shame because the doctor told you this. And so now you don't want anybody to know. You don't want to say out loud that you are believing God for full healing because they told you that they've not seen anything like this or that the that's your prognosis is, is not good that that the outcome is not going to be great that it's going to do all these things to you but you actually believe god but you're a little bit Ashamed, you don't want to say, or I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Do you think that you believe that God had the power to raise Jesus from the dead, but you doubt that that same power will be effective in your life? The reason that we have faith for anything is because we have faith about Christ Jesus, right? That is the place that our hope, that our faith, that our salvation, our entire belief system rests on as believers, as followers of Christ, as disciples, right? Um, that's what we kind of hang our hat on, that God raised God raised Jesus from the dead. Well, if I believe that, and this is the good news about the gospel, that God has the power to transform, that there isn't anything that God can't do. So when you think about that faith that you have, that you believe that Jesus raised a man from the dead, and you want to apply that same faith, I believe that God is going to heal my body because of my faith in the gospel. I, be- I believe that God has the power to restore my marriage because of what Jesus did on Calvary. I believe that God has the power. I believe that God has the power to change my financial situation because of what God did. I believe in this thing because I believe in the power of the gospel. Because I actually believe the gospel. Hook, line, and sinker. I never understood really truthfully, if I'm honest, even um, as a Bible teacher, there would be so many people that would say, um, you know, it's so important that we're teaching and talking about the gospel. I teach Bible every week, so I feel like I'm, I'm doing good. I teach Bible every week, but I'm like, okay, I get it, but we got to teach these other things too. We got to teach these other. I understand now, thank you, Lord, why it is so vital to speak specifically about the gospel because when a believer when a person believes that God raised Jesus from the dead through his power and his power alone and it is through that that we now have salvation we recognize that it's the power of God that same power of God works in every other area of our life so if I believe the gospel hook line is and sinker What then is too hard for God? So I know at first glance, and I wrote this down, right? Because I'm studying first and I'm like, no, you know, I'm talking to the Holy Spirit while I'm doing this study. I'm like, no, of course I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'm like, obviously I'm not ashamed of the gospel because I'm out here preaching and teaching. So check, we're good. And I'm, you know, just ready to move on. He's like, But are we ready to move on? It helped me to understand that we have this belief in Christ that leads us to believe God for other things. And that is the thing that we sometimes tiptoe around right? Are you believing God for full healing? Are you ashamed to say that out loud because of what the doctor said? Are you believing God for full restoration of your marriage? Are you ashamed to admit that because of how bad things gotten? Are you believing God for the restoration of your family? Are you embarrassed to say that because you grew up in this toxic family, it was dysfunctional your whole life. And so this idea that things could be different seems silly and naive. And so you're embarrassed to talk about it, right? If you believe that nothing transforms a life like the gospel at work in someone's life, then how can you start sharing it more? If you believe, and by sharing it, I mean just like living it out, speaking up about what you're believing God for. I'm gonna make a witness. Uh, when I tell y'all stuff that I'm still in the middle of, it's cause I plan to make a witness out of you, that's why. You're gonna be able to say, oh, I remember when she lived in her own apartment. I remember when she said these things were going on in her finances. I remember when she said, there's so many of you that have been with me since right after my depression or some of y'all been with me through my depression it's like oh i remember that i've made a witness of you now even if you haven't experienced it yourself you are can now testify about the power of god because of what you've witnessed in my life the same can be true for you if i believe that the gospel has the power to transform then i don't need to um shrink away from sharing my belief. I don't need to shrink away from sharing what I'm believing God for and what I have faith in. I know there's some things that you want to keep private. Like I get that, but there is always an opportunity for us to share the gospel in some way. There's always an opportunity for us to live out the gospel in such a way that we are making witnesses of non-believers. Okay. That we are making witnesses of non-believers. And so maybe you're thinking right now, girl, that sound good. But I actually never really accepted Christ as my Lord and Savior. I didn't even really know what it meant. I didn't really think about it. I didn't have that transformation in mind. I just thought it was about all these rules. And it's really not about that. It's about a relationship. It is because you recognize that there, is, there are things in this world that you cannot do on your own. There are addictions and, and habits and things like that that you have that you just cannot get this healing. You cannot be made whole without Christ. And so now you're ready to accept Christ as your Lord and Savior. You can say this prayer with me now. Father, I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord. I believe that you raised him from the dead. I now accept him as my Lord and Savior. I accept the gift of salvation right now. Thank you, Father God, for forgiving me, for saving me, and giving me eternal life with you. Amen. Listen, if you said it, And you believed it good news because this salvation is available to everyone who believes you have confessed with your mouth that you are a sinner in need of a Savior, that you have confessed with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believed it, baby. I want to welcome you to the family of God. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'd love to hear from you. Send us an email, praise at boldfaithchurch.org. We want to connect with you, get some materials in your hand. Yes, it's an individual decision but you're not meant to do this alone it's not meant to be done in isolation so send us an email we want to connect you get some resources and get you connected to some amazing people so you can walk out this life maybe you're returning home maybe you've decided that bold faith community church is your home again send us an email praise at boldfaithchurch.org. faith we want to officially welcome you to our church family we'd love to have you excited about that now listen y'all know that we are not done but before we go if any part of this has blessed you go ahead and like this video it really helps us to move up on youtube so that people can find us there are lost people out there both in and outside of the church that are looking for um really strong bible-based church bible teaching and this is a great place for that so be sure to like this video so that they can find us share this video with somebody that you love Share the video with somebody that you love, somebody that's a believer, somebody that's a non-believer. And like I said, if you are in a place where you are wanting to get serious about growing in your faith, you are tired of that second second hand, hand-me-down faith, somebody had to tell you about it, but you never studied it for yourself and you want to start studying the word of God, then subscribe to this channel because we're more than a channel word community and we are a Bible studying community. Community. If this has blessed you and you want to be a part of what God is doing in and through Bold Faith Community Church, you can get your tithes and offering at boldfaithchurch.org at this time. And then you can join us, right? I cannot wait for y'all to join us. You can join us in the community. Now, this happens immediately following the sermon. So if you haven't done this yet, if if this is your first time, one, there's a link pinned in the YouTube channel. It disappears when this video stops. There's a link pinned in the YouTube channel. Or you can also go to boldfaithchurch.org, hit that join button and you'll get the Zoom um, details immediately. So you can join us this morning. Listen, thank you so much for being here. I pray that you are blessed by this and I hope that you have made time to be with us um, in this community so that we can, you know, get to know you. All right. I love you guys as always. um, I'll see you in the group. If this episode has blessed you, be sure to share it with someone else so that you too can be a blessing. If you'd like to connect with us and help us to do the work that God has called us to do, you can give at boldfaithchurch.org. Be sure to connect with us on Instagram at boldfaithchurch and connect with me at Molina. Thanks so much. Be sure to catch the next episode right here.